welcome to that tech pod where we discuss all things e-discovery, cybersecurity, data privacy, and tech innovations. I'm Gabby Schulte, and you know what? I feel like I learn about tech more and more each day. And I'm Laura Milstein, and I'm not sure if I feel that way, so hopefully this guest can make me learn more today because, you know, it's been a slow day of learning for me today. Well, you are in luck because we talk to heavy hitters each week, so Laura, please tell us who are we talking to today? I'm glad to know I'm in luck. I feel you on that, Gabby. And everyone listening, I'm really excited about today's guest. So today we're talking to Raj Baines, the founder and CEO of Prophecy. If you don't know what Prophecy is, definitely stay tuned because we didn't until recently and we are really excited about what they do. So previously, uh, before Prophecy, Raj was the lead project management of Apache High at Hortonworks through their IPO. He also headed project management and marketing for a news SQL database startup. In a nutshell, Raj is awesome because he is a guy who has just been on this quest for taking tech data tools and making them just not suck. He's an engineer background and an engineer in life. And so Raj, you know, welcome to the show. Tell us who you are, how you are, what's going on. Uh, hi, Laura and Gab. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can tell you a little bit more about my background. Um, so I started off in building really hard tools. So this is compilers. And compilers, as you most of your audience doesn't know, so that's when you write a program and it makes it run on the actual machines. Right? So I was in Microsoft. And uh, we were trying to make Windows go fast every day. So tons of time trying to run Windows. And then sometimes in the middle of the starting, so, you know, window breaks, I, I broke something, right? It's like, and then it's like, okay, you know, but there's nothing even to, how do you test it, right? Because as soon as your machine starts booting up, it fails. Then you attach a cable to it and there's all kinds of low level stuff, but it was really hard and really fun. Then... The next thing I did is I went into NVIDIA. Now, NVIDIA makes graphics processors. And NVIDIA is now one of the 10 most valuable companies, amazing stuff that they're, so, that they're doing. So there, I worked on this technology called CUDA. Now, what CUDA does is it takes the GPU, the graphics processor, and makes you allows you to run a lot of other cool stuff on it, which is not graphics. So that is used for all the Bitcoin mining on GPUs. And that's why people have been buying GPUs off the shelf. First, the miners took them, and then there was a shortage. Then NVIDIA started making more. And then the deep learning folks, all the people doing machine learning in Google and every big company in the world started buying GPUs, all of deep learning. Now, instead of from a graphics company, they have become a deep learning company. So anyway, so I was in the founding team that built that core technology. And again, that was sophisticated stuff to build. And then I moved, came to the data space. Right, this new SQL database, and then this Hadoop was the stack, and on top of that, Hive was the most used product. Where I was the product manager, started in engineering and product manager then, and I'm like, these data tools are so sucky. Like they are, <laughs> they are from the Stone Age. Like we built such sophisticated stuff on the other side, working with hardware and stuff, and these guys are building these simple tools, and it's just so hard for the data practitioners. You know, and so I was like, you know, I'm going to spend the next 10 years fixing this. Whoa. So, so that, that, that's what I'm doing now. It's like, let, let's fix those tools. Let's make the data people happy. 
I, as you were explaining this, I was like, this is the guy to call for troubleshooting anything. I feel like you are the MacGyver of data tools. Um, Be careful. What yeah. Gabby is saying is we are keeping you on speed dial. And yes. if we have some issues, we have issues yeah. are going to call you. Um, no, that's Family really ID support too. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting that you were able to identify basically where there's this huge gap in sophistication of technology and you're like 10 years i'm gonna go all out so what what was like tell me some of the biggest challenges you faced uh you know in that 10-year process like what were the biggest problems that like you had to overcome yeah, I mean, uh, the problem I think now where I am is like the first problem is like, how do I do it? Right. I tried a little bit within the existing company saying, hey, we should invest here. And then with not as much luck because people are already doing something and they're not as excited about the new stuff. So it's like, OK, I'm, I need to build a startup. And now the question is, OK, I need to build a startup. How do you go from having just yourself you know, a few thousand dollars in your pocket, uh, you know, some ideas on the whiteboard to having, you know, what can be a billion dollar company? Like, how do you even start? Like, how do you get the second person to trust in what you're going to do? And how do you get the third person? How do you get the people with money? How do you get the people with, you know, the customers? And and, and so, so it was really, really, uh, so that journey of going from there to, building the product to selling it to convincing the investors of, of hey we are going to do this new big thing and then uh, so that was really challenging the one challenge has been that uh, the googles of the world were like everybody should write code for data right because you know they are sitting on a mountain of money and their people and they they had the people they hire like to write code it's like for build for building a, getting a lot of data in shape you don't need to write code but oh, it's been so hard because you know everybody's like what is google doing like they are writing code so everybody should do it right a lot of big companies uh, you know were like we are going to try doing that they're all now you know struggling and then the investors want fund companies they're like we think everybody will write code in the future for everything and we're like do you know there's not enough engineers out there there's not enough data engineers out there what are you talking about but it's just convincing these people getting them together and then building something hard shipping like it's it's like just building a company is is quite a battle I mean, it sounds like it. As you were talking, I was getting a little stressed. It's just like, oh my goodness, that I was excited. It's like, yeah, let's get the people on board. But also, yeah, that sounds like a lot. So one of the reasons we're really interested in you is because of your, you know, being the founder of Prophecy. Um, and, and I wanted to kind of ask you about it. So when we looked at your company immediately, when you go there, it's about, you know, open source coding and everything is open source code. I want to be able to put technology onto my technology. I want to do plug and plays. I want to add to this. And we have had people on from uh, source graph, for example, we've talked a lot about GitHub and things like that. Can you tell us how your company kind of works? Is it similar to what they're doing? Is it very different? 
can you kind of break that down for people? And and if people don't know what these are, in short, and I'm sure I'll butcher this and Raj will have to, you know, IT save us, but these are companies that when you're out of Google and you leave Google, you might go work at these companies or other places because as Raj was saying, you spent so much time building code, building code. Well, sometimes people don't want to have to build code. So how do you find code that already exists, things like that? And that's sort of where GitHub started and then source graph spiraled and things like that. So Raj, that was, I know how everyone listening is shaking their head right now. Can you save me from whatever I just said? Sure. So let, let, let me tell you what we uh, so what we do, and then uh, for, let me tell you what the what problem we are solving, and then I'm going to connect all the way down to open source code on Git. So basically, right? So so what data engineering, right? So people have been saying for a decade, hey, data is the new oil, blah blah blah, and most companies are still struggling. Most users are still struggling to get value out of data. So that's that's the big problem, right? Now at the next. Uh, level, what the question is, uh, how do you get value from data? And so the first thing you need to do is if I want to do some analysis, I need to get data from a lot of places together. Okay. So let's say I have a credit card product. I want to figure out what kind of customers are my profitable customers and how do I get more of them? So I will say, okay, I want to get some customer data. I want to get their credit card transactions, you know, which ones of these are more profit, who's paying me how much interest. Then what makes these users different from other deaf users? Now I'm going to pull, but it's demographic information. You know, maybe the people in the Midwest are spending a lot more money on me. And then, you know, and then once I figure out what kind of user is most profitable to me, I'm like, what do these users spend rewards on? So I need to get rewards data, right? So anytime I need to answer a question about my business, whether I'm doing, you know, simple dashboards or machine learning, I need to pull data out from many different places, which is for my product. But then if I'm sitting in a bank, I look over my shoulder, the next person is in mortgages. The data they need is completely different. It's, it's about the housing data, right? So now the main problem is all the analytics, all the machine learning is stuck because these people don't have the right data and it takes forever to get it. So you got to feed the beast, right? You got to get data for analytics. In. So, so how do you do that, right? So what we do is we say, hey, you don't need to write code. There's not enough people to write code. The person who's in the business should be able to get their data themselves and understand it and run analysis on it. So what we give you is a visual drag and drop product. So you say, I'm going to get some customer data from here. I'm going to get some orders data from here and I'm going to combine it and I'm going to clean it up a little and then I'm going to combine and you're visually pulling data in, right? But what our product does is it's going to write code for you. Really high quality code, as good as the best data engineers. And that code is going to go on Git and it's going to be an open source format. So if you take our product away, everything still runs because it's, you know, not, 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 we don't lock people in. So, so basically we are a company that helps people, data people visually write code on Git. So they never really have to get into the details. They are writing code on Git, but they, they are just drawing on a canvas. We do magic in the middle. Oh, I like that. Magic in the middle. Um, that was a great uh, 
lowdown for us. Thank you so much. Um, so in all of that, I feel like, you know, you're, you're working on, um, making data tools that don't suck as you say, what is the most exciting thing about what you're doing right now? You know, the, the most exciting thing for us is, um, so there is, I'll give you two answers for this. So one answer for this is we is the users. It's like, you know, we go and I was working in a company, one of the largest. So, so we work with a lot of fortune 500, like fortune 10 companies as well. So working, working at, so working with this lady who's been in the tech industry for, for many, many years, right. Many decades. And, uh, you know, she was just struggling with transition of technology, right? And and then she used our tool and she was able to, again, become very productive very quickly. And she's delighted and she's going back to other people and saying, can I take this task on and that task on? Now this, I mean, she's, you know, in her mid-late career, she's working in tech industry. The tech is changing very fast and it's, it's you know, her day gets better and, and she's able to achieve more at her job. And, you know, so that kind of feedback when we get, you know, the real people, you know, uh-huh. she was excited. She sent a message to her team saying, I got this much done. So one is the human story. The second thing is is like something we are building in technology that we're super excited about. It's it's going to come out in a few months. We are building what we call Prophecy Copilot. So what the Prophecy Copilot is is as you are building these pipelines, it's it's like a machine learning thing. It comes in and says, I think you're going to do this next. Right. It's it's making suggestions. It's your co-pilot. It's not autopilot because you know you're still driving, but it's making you productive. So you you pull your you pull your customers' data and it's gonna say, I think you know what, you're going to combine with this data next, I think, or this data, because I, I kind of figured out from the structure of the data that that's what where you're going. And then you just press it and it's automatically going to combine and do that. And say, I think you're uh-huh. going to do it's starting to predict like, you know, there is co-pilot in GitHub now. You start writing code and it uh-huh. all the code and it starts suggesting the next thing. It's it's the next level of productivity, right? It's like you're just suggesting people predicting this, yeah. like the email prediction, a little bit different, but it's an exciting new direction. Exciting for sure. Raj, what you were just describing, I think that um, we might actually be at the same company because we also feel that we make people's day better. We think that they're more productive when they listen to our podcast. And we think we're pretty much also co-pilots for them. They don't even know what they're looking for. And then we're like, have you heard of prophecy? So it's great. We're on the same page. So I'm loving that. I did want to kind of ask you, we like to kind of talk about different trends that are coming up. And and we ask people this on a lot of our shows because you get different answers and it's always a different kind of realm, whether it's, you know, what's happening in cyber or what's happening in e-discovery. So when it comes to the field of engineering, when it comes to coding, when it comes to open source technology, what do you think is going to happen down the line? Do you think we're going to get to a point where people shift completely? Do you think, you know, coding um, boot camps and things like that, the general assemblies of the world will start not being as relevant? How do you think that's going to kind of break down? So. That's a very interesting question. So I think a couple of things are happening. Open source 
is very good at taking an existing technology and making it free and open. You know, before there was Linux, there was Unix, right? So I, I'm I'm a capitalist. Very, I've worked with open source companies, but at the heart, you know, very very um, uh, extreme capitalist. So uh, basically, what that means is like a lot of value. Like open source is coming in and saying what is well understood you know and so what happens is an enterprise company or a technology company builds some technology right and now they are going to milk it for 20 years and five years down the line 10 years down the line when the technology is very well understood open source comes and says you know what this should be free the engineer it's well understood the engineers build it it's open source and then and then that stack becomes available to everybody every startup can use it right startups you know we need so much of this open source so open source is this great thing where your basic platforms that you build on are open so that you know for just base building basic startups basic companies you know you are not relying on that but then the innovation that's happening on top has to open has to happen in closed source because that's where you know people have got to innovate and they've got to make their money and uh, and and so it's kind of two waves right there is a wave of innovation in closed source and then behind that is a wave of you know, taking the obvious technologies and open sourcing them. And and so that's how I look at it. But then, so that's one wave, right? The other wave is there is every field needs programming. Every field needs data. Everybody needs it. There's not enough people. It's not a good use of time for everybody to be, um, you know, writing code and becoming expert, you know. So as a lot of common patterns are emerging, Patterns for building applications, patterns for building data pipelines, which is what we do, right? Building uh, these uh, data products. You know, these patterns can just be encoded. As these patterns become stable, you can just put it in a low-code product and you can just, or low-code or no-code product, and you can just make it available to many, many more people. So, for example, when we build our website, we use Webflow. You know, in, I can go in Webflow and do it myself and it's going to write the HTML and all that web stuff. I just draw it out, right? So so, what's, so so this other wave that's happening is whatever area becomes mature, right? And the system stack, the open source is going to eat it. And in the applications or user-facing stuff, right? That is going to go to these low-code, no-code tools. And that's a big thing. It's like, you know, you don't need... To know all of that, you can get very far without being a super technical person. You can build a quick app. You can get your data together, and and you know these tools will do the writing for you because these are common patterns. So I see these two waves and very very interesting times in tech. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, well, that kind of leads me to my last question. Um, mm. So basically, <laughs> we kind of like like to ask this twist. So there's a lot of reasons why I think, you know, after listening to this podcast, why people would want to check out Prophecy, want to check out um, what you're doing. But tell us who shouldn't be using Prophecy. Who is Prophecy not for? And that could be a trick question. No, no, no. Yeah, and I totally get that. So so if you are if you are in a business team trying to get your data together, prophecy is for you. You know, if, if you are a data platform trying, 
trying to support multiple business teams prophecies for you, right? If you have a bunch of engineers who are like, I like to code and my salary is high because I code because I learned this super special skill and, and, uh, and now prophecy comes in and everybody in my team will be able to do the same thing visually. And th- those are the people who oppose us when we go into new companies like then please don't use us. Right. Because, uh, because, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a democratizing force, right? It's, it's, it's like the old webmasters, right? It's like that they are gone. Right. So, so, so yeah, so I, so I think that it's, it's not for people who are like, I am a diehard coder and that's what I want to do. Yeah, life. it's not for you. It's not for you then. True. You love that's coding. Hard coder. Yeah. yeah. That is false. I, I, I heard, yeah. Anything. <laughs> 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 um, well, Raj, thank you so much for joining us. This was, this is, there's a wealth of knowledge in these, mm. you know, 20 plus minutes. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. There it is. There it is. So, Laura, we just talked to Raj Baines, uh, CEO and founder of Prophecy, making data tools suck less. Tell me your tech takeaways. I mean, I'm still trying to make a data mesh right now. Yeah. That's kind of where where I'm at. I'm like, open source code. You're, you mesh. Oh, like that is so good. As soon as you said it, I was oh. like, should we dance? Should we? <laughs> oh, shit. Are we going to make a parody song? Oh my God. Somebody listening is probably literally doing it right now. They're, you know what? Can you send it to us? Please. If anyone's doing that and you guys like love us and want to do that, we would love you so much. Yeah, we're into it. Every episode, even when it's not Halloween. Even if it's like the worst version ever. Well, maybe not. Because it's yours. We'll judge you. We'll judge you. And we'll let you know where your ranking is compared to like the hundreds of others I'm sure we're going to get. Um, the best yeah. one that we get. We <laughs> <laughs> the best one. The best one. Oh man, I can't wait to hear everyone's data mesh. Uh, I think it was is so interesting though. I think we don't talk. We talk a lot about open source code when it comes to an actual tool that you can put on top of a tool set that you're using. I don't think we talk enough about coding in general. Like. I'm still wondering for people that spend, you know, like $20,000 to like do a three month course in a coding language. And then you still have to really invest time in that. Is your job going to go away? I mean, I don't think it will for everyone, but I do think a lot of companies now are using things like Prophecy, GitHub, SourceGraph, things that they can really just have an easier way to do it. Why not? And it's going to save money and time. You know what? Come talk to us about that. We would love to hear those answers from you. And we're really quick. Do you, do you want to know what I think about when I think about coding? Oh my God, please tell me. (laughs) My idea of coding is, um, you know, like the matrix where (laughs) I knew, why did I know you were going to say that? I visualized you like doing the like, yeah, people can't see like, me right now, but like you write see it. a code 
of like, oh, give me mm-hmm. a hel- like, make me a helicopter pilot, and like they write a code in my brain, and like all of a sudden I'm yes. a helicopter pilot. Dude, can somebody out there invent that? Because that would please free up so much time. Get Gabby, quick question for you: um, Can you name one coding language? Just one coding language? Yeah. No, I have no HTML. Like, is that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, HTML, Java, JavaScript, Python. Go on. (laughs) Dude. My favorite game. You are closing me. Well, if anyone out there is listening to us and they just want to tell us how much they're excited to join our data mash, reach out to us at contact at thattechpod.com. Swing over to our website, www.thattechpod.com. Enter your email to subscribe to us, to know what's going on, to get yourself some cool gear. If you are not currently getting ready for fall fashion, wearing that tech pod long sleeve shirt, I don't really know what is in your closet and I am concerned, but not as concerned as I would be if you don't currently follow us on LinkedIn slash that tech pod, tweet at us, Instagram us, TikTok us, tell us how to use any of those platforms. We're awful at it at that tech pod. Our social media manager. Um, and if you want a really <laughs> easy way to help us, uh, just go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a five star rating and or review. We would love you forever. Thank you and see you next time. Thank you.